too harsh on Cindy Sanders? Maybe here's here's maybe why I think we were because I still I'm not apologizing for thinking that she's not great, but maybe we were a little harsh in the sort of lady empowerment sort of way. Kind of felt like we were bringing her down. Yeah, I was trying to think of some of her better qualities. No, you were trying to be positive. Yeah, but I couldn't I couldn't come up with anything. You know what would have been an also negative quality of Cindy Sanders? Huh? She was almost played by Kaylee Cuoco. <laughs> See, now you're just being mean. I know, now I'm just like, Also, yeah, that would have made it 100 times worse. I know, but I mean, here's the thing. She's milk toast. There's nothing exciting about her. She's just like a cute girl. And, you know, Sam has that great quote that, like, just because you're pretty doesn't make you cool. Yeah. Is milk toast a thing? I've never heard that in my life. Well, Maybe I just made it up. I don't know. It seems like vanilla. It's like of the same kind. (laughs) Anyways. Well, welcome to Fangirl Fridays, guys. I'm Natalie. And I'm Marin. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm a little sweaty. It's a little warm in here today. Mm. I'm wearing a sweater. It's probably my own fault. Um, What are we going to talk about today? Uh, We are going to talk about what makes these shows great. My so-called life in Freaks and Geeks, if you're just now joining us. Part three. Yeah. We're going to talk about the creation, the stars, the fashion, the music, glamour, fame, stuff, things. You just like winked and gunned at me for every (laughs) single thing that you did there. So basically, it's just like a hodgepodge of information that's probably going to make no sense. Yes, because you know that's how my brain works. Yeah, I'm into it. I like you. It's cool. Yeah. So what are you fangirling over this week? Hmm. Well, Part of what we're fangirling, what I'm fangirling over is actually what we're fangirling okay, over. yes. But I'll I'll do something separate so you can have your time to shine. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Um, but it's still actually related to you. So it was <laughs> your birthday yes. recently. Yay! Yay! It was really great. But it was like a parade of packages in the office. <laughs> and like every day was something very exciting. And then one day it felt like... Your mom sent me a gift as well because she sent you all of these uh, sort of accoutrements from, like, your childhood bedroom or apartment. Yeah, I, when I was home over the holiday break, I collected stuff for this podcast studio yeah. slash teenage bedroom. Yeah, and you've done a great job. Much like this podcast episode, it's quite a hodgepodge of yeah. things. Um, but my favorite thing that your mom sent is a life-size poster <laughs> of my number one back-in-the-day babe, Luke Perry, seemingly air surfing. Air surfing, yeah. There is no surfboard under him, and he is all clothed. Um, but I love it. And where it's did it feel come on the from? waves. Why did um, you have it? It came from an apartment I had in Chicago. An old roommate and I were obsessed with 90210 at the time. As so we be. had a 90210-themed kitchen. Okay. So, I mean, it was like an <laughs> open tell. floor plan, but we had it that poster. Floor it was very modern. Yeah, it was very small, very modern. <laughs> we had that poster on the wall, and then we had um, 90210 trading cards as a border, Ooh. or maybe like a backsplash. Ooh, uh-huh. A little HGTV And we also had it. my Kelly Taylor Barbie on the counter. Which she's which watching. now she lives here. Right now. She really is an accurate representation of Kelly Taylor. Like, it looks like... Jenny Garth. I know. I think they did a really good job, unlike the Mary Kay Ashley Barbie dolls back in the day, or or that poor Emma Watson. Yeah, that Emma Watson Bieber. new Beauty and, and the, the Beast. Beast doll. I was at Disneyland last week and I saw the dolls, and we were observing them because it was just like, <laughs> what's wrong with this doll? Like, what went wrong, Disney? Uh-huh. You did. You messed up. Right. 
So I look at it, and we came to the conclusion it's the hairline. Oh. So if anyone sees this doll, please look at the hairline. If they just move it forward, I think it would have changed a lot of things. It's like the reverse Kim Kardashian. Yeah. She, like, moved her hairline back, and that, like, made a whole world of difference. All right. Um, What are you fangirling over this week? Um, I'm fangirling. Well, we're both fangirling over Mm -hmm. it. I lost my mind. Dropped after the Grammys, they dropped, they dropped a Kimmy Schmidt promo. It's delightful. Yeah, it's Titus, um, who is the funniest character on television. Agreed. If, so if you're not watching Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, what are you doing? Guys, we recommended it in the binges. It was one of my favorites of the year. Yeah, and I am Kimmy Schmidt, so obviously, <laughs> yes, watch the show. Exactly. Get to know me. But he's. It's all like Beyonce lemonade. Mm-hmm. It's like Kimmy, get out! I'm lemonading. <laughs> It's, I love it as a verb. It's, it's so good. I'm uh-huh. so excited. And I thought the show's coming back in March, but it's actually May, so I'm excited and devastated. Yeah, but it gives us some time to like watch Grace and Frankie. What the, the Netflix was going to be so many things. Feud, yeah, Netflix is going to be action packed in March. I think it's good for us. We know what happens when we binge a lot of TV at once. We get <laughs> we a little overwhelmed, a little stressed out, a little stressed out, extra sweaty. Um, but yeah, you guys should check it out. I think it's on Netflix's. Um, like YouTube? on their, yeah, I almost said on Netflix's Netflix page, and that was that made no sense at all. <laughs> yes, it's on the YouTube's. It's where the youths go. It's where the youths make those vlogs, you know, <laughs> those vlogs, and know speed I, up their voices and make it all crazy. I don't know that I've ever heard anyone use the word vlog out loud. Vlog. <laughs> Gross. Is it like a Swedish word? <laughs> Maybe it's a product at IKEA. <laughs> um, all right, should we should we get on to part three? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so let's start at the beginning of the shows. That yeah. makes sense. Okay, so let's start with Freaks and Geeks. So, so much of Freaks and Geeks, you know, was actually taken from the crew and primarily Paul Feig, who was the creator of the show, but from their actual high school experiences. Weren't you telling me that they, like, filled out a questionnaire? Yeah, the they um, all had to fill out this questionnaire about their high school experiences, like, their biggest crush, biggest letdown, like all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then they thought they were anonymous, but turned out they were going to be read aloud amongst <laughs> the room. Uh-huh. So that's right. where a lot of the storylines came from. It's a great icebreaker. But also just to like pimp out Paul Feig, because that's what I do in my spare uh-huh. time, I guess. You work um, If you haven't read his books, I would definitely recommend them. Okay. Um, they're called Kick Me and Super Stud. And they're both just stories from his adolescence, and they're almost all humiliating, and Perfect. they're all great. My favorite one is about, like, his phase where he wears his mother's wig. Okay. Into it. It's great. <laughs> so I just, got so just read them. Okay. But, yeah, like, the, the sort of iconic scene of Freaks and Geeks is when Sam Weir comes to school in his Parisian night suit, which is essentially just, a, like, a onesie. That he's I wearing. want it, kind of. I, I think mean, I could pull it off. You could pull it off. Sam Weir at 14 cannot pull it off. But that's a true story. That's directly. Yeah, he, like Paul Feig, bought a denim jumpsuit. The salesman was like, this is a hot thing. You're going to look amazing. He's wearing it in the mirror, feeling all confident, goes to school the next day. And then, oh, no. <laughs> I have <laughs> oh, made a mistake. No. Can we talk about more fashion now or are we going to? No, let's wait a little bit. Okay. Calm down. Okay, I know. <laughs> I got really excited. So essentially, this show came to be, it's Paul Feig's, you know, sort of personal experience. But the reason it existed in the first place is because Paul Feig and Judd Apatow had known each other for quite some Forever. time. Forever. Like, right? It's hard to believe Judd Apatow 
has been doing comedy for so long. Like, he was so determined. Like, he yeah. started doing stand-up when he was 17. That's insane. And he met Paul Feig in, like, the mid-'80s. Right. And there was this, like, comedy house that these people kind of hung out at in the, the dream. Yeah, in so the my dream world. Yeah, they stayed up really late and smoked cigarettes, which was, like, my— Your dream world. My dream world. (laughs) If smoking wasn't so gross, guys, let me just tell you. Mom thinks it's the coolest. (laughs) I'm sorry, Mom, I do. Um, But so then they'd been friends forever, and Judd Apatow kind of started to take off, right? He had been sort of writing, producing a bunch of things, and he—I think he had an overall deal at Warner Brothers or NBC or something, Mm -hmm. and he was like, I want to work with Paul. What do you got? For me, Paul, because all Paul had at the time was a recurring role on, on Sabrina, Sabrina. <laughs> on Sabrina the Teenage Witch, which I loved. Yeah, I love it too. It was a great. He job. also had a small part in that thing you do. So yeah, I mean, if you, there's a th- that thing you do fact, I'm gonna throw it out. <laughs> You're there. gonna throw it out there. So he basically, Jed Apatow goes to Paul Feig and is like, "Hey, what do you what do you got for me?" And Paul Feig had recently seen the pilot for Felicity, right? Yeah. And written by his friend, because of course. Yeah, of course. Why not? And he wanted to do something similar in terms of like a, a high school kind of experience. And then very quickly turns out this brilliant pilot, sends it to Judd. Judd calls him back immediately and is like, I'm going to get this tool. And that that's where it started. Yeah. It took that's off. Amazing. It's amazing. It blows my mind that they, after Freaks and Geeks, they didn't work together until Bridesmaids. So like 15 years later? Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. But so the one thing about Freaks and Geeks is that, yes, he, he turns out this kind of brilliant pilot that's pretty perfectly formed, but the characters themselves had to get rewritten after they did the casting. Yeah, they were written after all the auditions. Yeah. And they kind of searched far and wide for people, like Seth Rogen's from Canada, like I think Busy and Linda Cardellini were in L.A., but like people were all over the place, and they really then started to get an understanding of who these people were as teenagers, early 20-year-olds, and then started to change the, the, the script, the pilot, everything, like, to match kind of what these people were It's into. crazy to think about, like, Seth Rogen left high school for this show. Yeah. And then proceeded to write super bad, like, on break. Yeah. I know, like, scenes. Judd Apatow and Paul Feig were like, we have to treat them like our kids. Like, <laughs> we don't want to ruin these kids' lives. Yeah. I mean, it's a a lot of responsibility. They did a good job of parenting. (laughs) Teamwork. Good job. My two dads. They (laughs) they were really, really great. I'd watch that sitcom. Yeah, it was a sitcom. We can talk about that later. Well, I meant with them. Oh, well, fair. Um, And then so what's kind of the impetus for My So-Called Life? Where did that come from? Um, Well, My So-Called Life, uh, Winnie Holtzman, the creator, Yeah, creator and wrote the pilot Mm -hmm. and probably many other episodes. Mm -hmm. Um, She was kind of uh, just approached to... Uh, write a show about a young teenage girl and to try to make it, like, as authentic as possible. Okay. But she's like, how, like, am I, a woman in my 40s, going to write from a teenager's perspective? Okay. So a coworker from 30-something, 20-something, mm-hmm. my show <laughs> that I'm starting, <laughs> uh, was like, hey, um, I'll hook you up with my niece. So she calls um, this person's niece who happens to be named Angela. What? Yeah, and just kind of, like, gets a sense of who she is, what she's about, Uh what's on her mind, and goes from there. So, yeah, that's why the character's called Angela. That's amazing. Also, I like knowing that that Angela, real Angela, is probably my—around my age, roughly. I wonder how cool she thought it was, or if she even really knew 
and just thought it was like a coincidence. Yeah, or if at that point, knowing Angela Chase, if she was so embarrassed and like mortified. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it. I'm sure the whole cast was mortified because Winnie would use their problems at, or like thoughts mm-hmm. as more plot points for the show. Like the, um, I can't think of her name, but the actress who plays Delia mm-hmm. said, like, I have a crush on Wilson Cruz, even though I know he's gay. He's so right. cute. Who so plays she, Ricky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she pl- put that. In an episode, our favorite episode. <laughs> totally. It's like, don't tell Winnie a crush on Ricky anything because it's going to end up in the pilot. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wonder, too, how much of this show was kind of shaped similarly to Freaks and Geeks on the cast because you told me an amazing tidbit about who was almost Angela Chase before Claire Danes. Yes. Who was it? It was down to Alicia Silverstone and Claire Danes. I just— and so this is 94. Clueless comes out in 95. So it it's all kind worked of out. the same thing. It all worked out for all of us. We should be very thankful. But, yeah, just, but the reason, like, they were really thinking about hiring Alicia is because she was emancipated mm-hmm. and could work longer hours. Right. Yeah. But as to. soon as they saw Claire Danes, they were like, this is the one. I just don't—here's the thing. I'm not going to shit on Claire Danes. She was 13 at the time. But she's very much kind of your typical teenager, like kind of waiting to blossom. I think she's a very beautiful woman now. But as a 13, 14-year-old, she was awkward like we all were. And I feel like Elisa Silverstone was so gorgeous as a teenager. And you just would be like, I don't believe you. Yeah, I feel like they're both very naive at that time. But Alicia had more of like, I don't know. Like, she was kind of more sexual than Claire Danes. Yeah. You know, all those Aerosmith videos. True. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Crazy, the one with Liv Tyler, needs to be a movie, and I'm mad about it. <laughs> Maybe write it. Maybe that's your goal. Are they too old now? No. I, think I don't know. Fine. Um, but, yeah, also, guys, during the break, I had a fangirl moment, mm-hmm. and I didn't get to share it. You did. I saw Alicia Silverstone at the Moonlight Rollerway. It was a David Bowie tribute skate night. And I cannot skate. If someone wants to show me, I would love it. Because <laughs> you were skating, not blading. Yeah, I was skating, going skating mm-hmm. four wheels. And I was by the rail, like, trying to get my stuff together. Uh-huh. And they're like, no, you have to keep moving. This is a roller rink. That's how it works. <laughs> I like that you were being, like, ushered. Like, there was, like, a roller yeah, rink. Yeah, there's, like, a referee. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a nightmare. Uh-huh. But I look to my right, and Alicia Silverson's just standing next to me. And, like, my brain exploded. Did she look amazing? Yes, except she was wearing, like, a sparkly shirt that was, like, a Joanne Fabrics kind of sequin. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, oh, no, you're not Cher. (laughs) So it was a little heartbreaking, but also amazing. I mean, it's worth it. So both of these shows were sort of came out of very authentic roots. Do you feel like one of them is kind of more authentic than the other? No, I think they're both authentic, but t- different experiences completely. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, Good. I'm glad you agree. I, 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 you know, I agree with myself. I agree with you. Um, okay, that's so, all that matters. <laughs> so that's kind of where the shows, you know, came from. And then behind the scenes, both shows were sort of always in constant confusion as to what was going on and like their future. Could you imagine the stress of that? No. I, can you imagine how sweaty I'd be? I'd be sick to my stomach every day. You'd be sick to your stomach. I would just be a sweaty mess. It would be a disaster. <laughs> but yeah, like Freaks and Geeks filmed their finale episode and then got an order for five more episodes. That's so confusing. 
and we've talked about this. If you go and watch them on Netflix, they're in the order in which they should have aired. Um, so they're story specific. So they make sense if you watch all 18 that way. But they didn't air that way on television. Like a couple of the episodes never aired. One of my favorites, Kim Kelly is my friend, never aired on television. And, you know, at the end when Lindsay goes to the Grateful Dead, like that aired kind of out of order. It was very confusing for everybody. But they they were even sort of like despite all this confusion and they kind of had this sense of dread the whole time that they weren't going to make it a second season. They sort of refused to do anything to jeopardize the integrity of the show, right? Like, yeah. were you saying they wanted to cast Britney Spears? Yeah, they were. Or they NBC wanted to cast Yeah, they Britney didn't Spears. want to do any stunt casting. Mm-hmm. And, like, they wanted Britney Spears to be a waitress or something. Just, and, one, Britney Spears has already played a waitress and Drive Me Crazy, I think, <laughs> in the music video. Uh-huh. She's above that. Yeah. And but, this is, I mean, this is early Britney Spears. This yeah, so like, she would have done anything at the time, I think. Hit me baby one more time. For sure. Uh Uh-huh. But they ended up actually getting Ben Stiller for that episode when he's like Secret Service. Mm -hmm. But by that point, the show had already been canceled. So Ben Stiller did nothing to help them. And that's so crazy because it's 99, I guess. Zoolander comes out in 2001. So it's like, yeah, Ben Stiller was a huge deal at that point. I don't necessarily think of it that way. but And then with My So-Called Life, so they took forever yeah, it took them like a year and a half to film what? What is it? Nineteen episodes, and that's also how you can tell like Claire Danes goes from like thirteen to fifteen years old and looks completely, completely different, different by the end of the show. So, for a little bit of context, a typical season of television is twenty-two episodes, a full order. And if you were going to start in production, you'd probably start in the summer in June, and you would go until March, at least like from the production standpoint, the writing, the acting, all of that. So for them to take double that amount of time to do less episodes, like, what were they doing? I know. And then ABC just, just bad marketing. Yeah. ABC did them no no favors in terms of how it was marketed. Yeah. And Freaks and Geeks was on Saturday nights. I Every time I remember or recall this fact, like, no network programs anything on Saturdays anymore. And if you get programmed on a Friday night, like that's a tombstone time slot. Like <laughs> you're dead. You like you, it's not good for you. And they just don't program anything on Saturdays. And so the fact that they're like, you know what? We're gonna launch this new show on Saturdays at eight. Like what oh a my terrible God. time. Oh the worst. Um and then I think we've mentioned this before, but my so called life was like up against friends yes. and Martin like it didn't have a chance either. No. It was this tiny little show that could about teenagers that was badly marketed and took forever <laughs> to produce. And it just didn't it didn't stand a chance, even though it was incredibly quality. Yeah. Incredibly quality. Can we Top talk notch? Can we talk about fashion now? <laughs> yes. We can finally so talk about fashion. Excited. Okay. We talked about the Parisian night suit moment in Freaks and, in Freaks and Geeks. Between the two shows, or you can do one or the other. Okay. Who is kind of the best dressed, in your opinion? Um, probably Ricky and Rayanne for My So-Called Life. Like overall or just um, My So-Called Life? I think overall. Mm-hmm. I don't disagree with you. Freaks and Geeks is not really like a fashion-y type I mean, show. Yeah, but I feel like that's how my everyday dress is. Wait. <laughs> Before we get into who's best dressed, who would you, like, who do you dress like or who do you want to dress like? Hmm. I mean, in the 90s, 
I remember distinctly wanting almost all of Angela's clothes. Like, I was very into the flannel baby doll dress thing. Yeah. Loved it. She's a very good layerer. Um, I was appreciative of that. I love a good layer. But I probably honestly dress like my true self dresses like Kim Kelly. Um, A lot of flared jeans, baseball tees, a jacket. I love a good jacket. Uh, What what about you? Um, I think I dress more like Nick Jason Siegel from Freaks and Geeks because I love like a band tee or a baseball tee. Did you just say? Okay. Uh Uh-huh. (laughs) <laughs> Nikki Andropolis. Got it. Cool. Yeah. Who do you want to dress like? Um, I probably want to dress like like a Rayanne. Yeah. Someone who can just have like crazy hair and crazy clothes but still look amazing. Yeah. She she really um, excels at accessories. And uh, also, yeah. I mean, that hair, right? We talked about this. Like, I will go out and make a bold statement that Rayanne Graff had Felicity hair before Felicity. Like, that hair is iconic. It's not quite as curly and, like, the tight curl and all of that stuff. But it's—she uh, does the braids and, she, you know, like, the Halloween episode, which we hate. Yeah, but she She's looks amazing. That vampire hair. Yeah. Like, she looks great with the widow's peak. Uh, Love it. Everything about it's it. A, it's just the best texture of hair. Yeah, and I had gross, like— nasty hair in the 90s and all I wanted was to wait be... what was your gross 90s hair um well I had was it like a Rachel no I had permed my hair not by choice thanks mom um for years and that kind of like did some weird stuff to my hair and then just teenage stuff it was like really thick and I hadn't found a straightener yet yeah what about you in the night like as a child yeah uh I feel like I just brushed my hair, mm-hmm. and it was always just in between, like, a wave and a straight. I had a lot of bobs. Ooh. I did get a perm in fifth grade, and it lasted, like, a weekend. It didn't hold. <laughs> uh-huh. Which is funny because in high school, my hair became super curly. Right. But my hair wouldn't curl at all as a kid. Huh. That's strange. Puberty's weird. <laughs> Puberty's weird, guys. <laughs> that should have just been the under, like, the tagline for, for, for both of these shows. Yeah. Puberty's weird. Puberty's weird, guys. Um, okay, so what else? We talked about fashion. Thank you. Hot tracks. We, we didn't even finish talking about fashion. What? I just remembered, sorry, that um, the reason Rayanne and Ricky are so cool is because instead of just being, like, ni- super 90s mm-hmm. with flannels. 90s with extra intensity. The, the stylist was, go- like, looking off of, like, Michael Jackson and Janis Joplin, like, album covers versus magazines, and that's why they're mm-hmm. so cool. That makes a lot of sense when you actually think about what Rayanne looks like because she's kind of a hodgepodge all the time, mm-hmm. but very sort of And, like, Ricky has those, um, those kind of, like, band jackets, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Like, marching band. Uh-huh. A lot of app. Appalettes. Appliques. Yeah. A lot of, he also rocks a great trench. Even in those very sad homeless episodes, his winter trench look is very, very strong. Yeah. Um, I'm well, sorry. Now we can. No, it's move okay. On. It's a good transition because with the music covers, album covers, all of that stuff, it's a good segue into the hot tracks of these <laughs> yes. shows. Pump up those jams. Um, pump up those jams. I mean, so my so called life is. It's basically just a soundtrack of the 90s 90s. in a lot of ways, excluding The Grateful Dead, which both of these shows have a love affair with. I don't understand. No. We'll never understand. The My So-Called Life soundtrack has R.E.M., Sonic Youth, Lemonheads, TLC. Thank you. 
um, Buffalo Tom, Cranberries. Like, I mean, it's it's really everybody. What is your sort of favorite musical moment from My So-Called Life? Um, I have two. Okay. One is the moment where Angela's dancing to Blister in the Sun in her room. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, just because that's a fun moment for her. I feel like she never has fun. It's always drama. Uh-huh. And she's also oh, like, point. I'm so over Jordan Catalano. She's and two so seconds not. later, she's like, uh, oh, Jordan's Jordan. here. Yeah. Okay, and then my Jordan. second one, of course, is also Jordan Catalano related. But it's um, the hallway scene. Oh, and the music, I don't love it. It's just like I hear the song and you think of the show. Yeah. It's um, the Buffalo Tom Band and when he holds her hand in that hallway, it's a magical mean, moment. Like he just comes up and the band has said like themselves like that show brought them more girls to their like concerts. Really? Yeah. Just because people were like, "Do you think Jordan Catalano is going to be here and hold hands?" <laughs> it's it just, like it, they just shared a moment, I think, and they were like, "I love this band now." I mean, it makes sense. Which is funny, Jordan Catalano. What is his deal? My roommate started watching the show again uh-huh. just so we could listen to her sh- our podcast. Oh, hey, I love that. And um, I sat down with him for two seconds, <laughs> and it was when in the pilot when Angela gets arrested. Oh, yeah. And then Jordan's like, hey, I know that girl. And then he says, Angela. And I gasped, and we both, like, held our chests, and I was like, I just watched this. I know what's I know going what's happening. happening. <laughs> It's too seventeen-year-old Jared Leto just does it for you. Yeah, but it does it for most people. A uh, fun fact about Buffalo Tom, though, okay. they did a music video in '98, and Devin Odessa, who plays Sharon, mm-hmm. is in the video. So I feel like they're really holding on to that <laughs> fan base. Keep it going yeah. with my so-called life fans. What um, about your favorite moments? I can really only think of one, and I know you're gonna love this too. But Red. Yeah. So when Jordan writes this song, he invites Angela to come to band practice, or she's at band practice. Ricky's there too, and he's acoustically singing this song. (laughs) And at the end, it goes, and I call her Red, and Angela with her crimson glow hair is like, oh my God, this song is about me. Ricky thinks Ricky confirms it. Ricky confirms it. No, no. It's about his car. Like, it's so devastating when you learn that it's about his car. And, of course, it's about his car. He's talked to her, like, two times. Why is he writing this beautiful song about her? Also, why is he writing this beautiful song about his car? But we can talk about that. He's trying. He's just trying new things. Also, could he write it down? That's a question. Jordan can't read. Mm. Can he write? Don't know. that moment just because the comedy of it the song's actually pretty good he has a pretty good voice um but then it's like of course it's about yeah. his car like you know what my least favorite moment from my so-called life what? musically is uh sorry but it's juliana hatfield 
as the angel in the Christmas episode because yes. we hate it. Yeah. I'm 80% okay with the episode until the very end when because she has the like, angel wings and no, then it floats no. away. Also, her voice is very 90s. Like, Yeah, it is. So high. But Jared Leto was like obsessed with her because she was an actual musician. Oh, really? So he would hang out with her and try to get tips and play music and stuff. Is that where 30, 30 Seconds of Mars comes from? Is Juliana Hatfield? Did not did not know that. Um, and then Freaks and Geeks basically spent, like, blew their entire budget to get all these songs. <laughs> Maybe partially why they got canceled, too. <laughs> I'm sure NBC was like, you guys are spending a lot of money on Rush. <laughs> like, maybe pull it back in a little bit. Um, but, yeah, they have a lot of sticks. A lot of sticks. Kenny Loggins, uh-huh. Van Halen, Kiss, Cheap Trick, mm-hmm. Billy Joel, Joe Jackson, The Who, The Squeeze Box. You love that. <laughs> I mean, and, yeah, a lot of Rush. Um, and didn't you say that there's, like, a Paul Feig original? <laughs> yeah. Game? Okay, so there's a scene. I'm not sure which episode it is, but Bill is doing the rerun dance, mm-hmm. and it's to this weird instrumental, mm-hmm. and it's actually composed by Paul Feig, and it was supposed to be played in the movie 200 Cigarettes when Dave Chappelle enters. And oh, really? I don't know why or how it, like, wasn't used, but that's a fun fact for you. Huh. Paul Feig. Renaissance man. Jack of all trades. He can do everything. So my thing, again, with Rush is, does Jason Segel, does he love Rush? Like, is I wonder I the same thing. Everything. I wrote down, does Jason Segel really love Rush? An investigation. <laughs> and tried to look into it. And it's because of Freaks and Geeks he loves Rush. Oh. And then Paul Rudd also loved Rush. So that's why and they I love, love Rush man. and I love you, man. But the band, when Rush, you know that scene where they're at the Rush concert, mm-hmm. Rush actually played, like, a full show for that crowd because they were Rush fans. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's kind of fun. Yeah. I love that. Um, okay, so same question. What is your favorite musical moment from Freaks and Geeks? Um, mine is probably when Mr. Rosso brings out the acoustic guitar <laughs> in the guidance counselor office and, and plays Alice Cooper. Mortified. <laughs> but, like, Nick's feeling it. Yeah, Nick's into it. Yeah, that's definitely my favorite moment. Easy. Do you know this song? Lines form on my face and hands. Lines form from the ups and downs. I'm in the middle without any plans. I'm a boy or girl, and I'm a man or woman. I'm 18, I get confused every day. 18, I just don't know what to say. 18, I gotta get away. Come on, Nick, fill in those drums there, will ya? Oh, yeah. You guys know what I'm talking about? Is this making any sense at all? I think it is. What about you? Um, I live in the pilot, the Come Sail Away so Sam, at the last minute, decides he's going to ask Cindy Sanders to the dance. But, of course, she already, has a, she already <laughs> has a date. But she tells him that if he comes to the dance, she'll save a dance for him. So he essentially goes to the dance to collect upon this agreed <laughs> dance. And he gives up the courage. He goes and asks her in front of her friends, which is actually kind of badass, if she'll dance with him. And it's come sail away. They slowly make their way out into the dance floor. And if you know the song, you know, the first minute and a half is is very slow. But it takes him a while to get her yeah. out onto the dance floor. And the second they're about to start slow dancing, it goes into the fast part of Come Sail Away. 
And it just, it makes me laugh. It also reminds me of my high school experience because our concert choir did this huge show at the end of every year called Current Jam. It was a very big sounds really cool. I will bring the VHS. It was Uh, super cool. Um, But it was our sit sing where we would sit. (laughs) This is just getting better and better. It's just getting better and better. And our year weirdly was very um, like 70s, 80s driven. We sang a lot of Michael Jackson. We did Thriller. I know the choreography, but Come Sail Away was our sit sing, and so I know the alto part, so I can sing it for you later oh. if you would like. I, I definitely want that. <laughs> uh, they also, do they use that in, like, every movie that takes place in, like, 70s, early 80s yeah. for a dance? Because it's also in Virgin Suicides, mm-hmm. and the balloons drop during oh, the yeah. fast part. I love that movie. Me too. Uh, yeah, Come Sail Away, though. Sticks. I'm a big fan of Stinks. I love Mr. Roboto. Uh, you guys heard that. I she did. could just confess to the world. I'm, she loves Sticks. I am a Sticks fan. Fine. Fair. Um, All right. Battle of the Bands. Okay. Who's better? Frozen Embryos or Mission Control slash Anarchy's Child slash Creation? I mean, this is a terrible comparison. I would. I have to go Frozen Embryos because they like know a song and they. I agree. Play they play the at through. least one song, but they both are playing or trying to play the Ramones. Yeah. So I. I don't. I don't even really consider Mission Control a real band. They never perform. They can't make it through a whole band practice, and they don't know their name. I but mean, they I guess, call themselves a band, so they're a band. I guess. Um, so we've talked about music. Should we end with one of our classic music-oriented segments? Sure. Ooh. Okay. My So-Called Life, Freaks and Geeks, both have theme songs. Should we do a little theme song throwdown? Yes, but I don't think it's even a throwdown because I'm pretty sure we're on the same side yeah. on this. Mm-hmm. We're just going to throw one of, one of the songs in the I mean, trash we, for the yeah, throwdown. We love Freaks and Geeks. Don't, not so much My So-Called my Life. My So-Called Life, it's not even a theme song. Here's what my issue with it okay. is that people love it. What? And I don't understand. Like Cindy Sanders' level of love? I think so. Ugh. Like I'm not sure Internet, where I was read it. On. Maybe it was like AV Club or something, but... Whoever wrote it said it's the best theme song ever. What? I don't understand. Have you heard the Brady Bunch? I don't... What? I think... Okay. So, when it was... Composed uh-huh. by W.G. Snuffy Walden. Okay. Great name, though. Well, it's a lot like a teddy bear. A lot of things going like on. Like a there. teddy bear with a monocle. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> teddy Ruxpin's very serious, <laughs> very rich uncle. Uh-huh. Um, he, so when he was asked to do this, they had put a Hans Zimmer piece in its place. Okay. Already like it better. And when this guy listened to it, he was like, oh, it sounds like, you know, going through. Being a teenager and, like, the struggle. And I'm like, okay, it's still, like, a lot of meaning. I just want a simple theme song. All, I'm a simple person. All the theme song is is go now. Go. That's it. Well, he took, like, the inspiration from this Zimmer piece, made his own, like, composition, and then added more, like, acoustic guitar to make it more, like, a rhythmic-driven I hate everything you're saying right now. More 90s. I do, too. <laughs> I'm, you're I'm like, only saying it because I have to. Uh, 
Boo. But yeah, like go it. no go. I'm not. I think that's why I don't like it. I can maybe just, it's just fine. Have you ever put some serious thought, though, into who says it? No. Oh, I have. Um, <laughs> oh, I didn't know you were getting so deep. I think it's Rayanne. You think so? <sighs> I don't know. That would be a fun fact. I want to like don't know that. parse out the, the vocals from it. Because it, I don't know, it just in my brain, it was always like her saying it. Mm. So then Freaks and Geeks is Joan Jett. Bad reputation. Yeah. Which I literally would sacrifice There's three more money minutes. gone right there. Yeah. But I would sacrifice three minutes of the show just to have the entire bad reputation play at the beginning. Yeah. Because they only play, like, I think it's like a yeah. minute and 10 and seconds. And the My So-Called Life intro itself is just, like, a montage of stuff from the pilot. Yeah. Where Freaks and Geeks made their own little scene where mm-hmm. it's, like, yearbook photo day. Yep. I love that. Yeah. Did we talk about this, how I can't decide if— Nick is, like, trying to make himself look high because he rubs I think his 100% he is. Yeah. I think it's kind of weird, but I always notice it. And then Daniel just looks It's gross. my favorite intro, but I am, I am bummed that Busy Phillips isn't in the I know. intro. She's not in it. Because she was just guest starring. I know. It's very sad. I wonder if it, it makes her sad. Yeah. But every time I watch Freaks and Geeks, I'll get bad reputation in my head for months. Yeah. Or if you watch 10 Things I Ate About You. Yeah. That too. <laughs> Um, but it's definitely the better theme song. It's the better intro. It wins, hands down. It wins. Um, are we done? I think that's it. We talked about. Did we hit all your high points? Fame, glamour. Probably not, but... Stuff. We definitely hit stuff (laughs) and things. Yeah, stuff and things. Check. Check, check. Um, All right. So I think that's it for part three. If you guys had a lovely time with us today, I had a lovely time with you. I had a lovely time with you. Oh, great. Um, Feel free to, you know, leave us a review on iTunes or subscribe to the podcast. And you can always say hi or talk to us about your feelings. At hellofangirls at gmail.com. Please talk to us about your feelings. Yeah. We have a lot of them. We want to hear about yours. Yeah. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the stuff. All the and things. The things. All the, <laughs> nice. I like we did there. All the stuff and the things. <laughs> um, all right, guys. So until next Friday. Bye. Bye.